Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In his closing remarks to the Philippians, Paul expresses his gratitude for the love and encouragement they have shown by sending gifts to him during his ministry. Today on Drawing Near, Paul couples his gratitude with important testimony and instruction. I encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we explore Christ, my strength and supply. As we prepare to study today, would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the blessed worship that we have had this week. I thank you, Father, for the way you move in our hearts and guide and direct us. Father, your reminder of us, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is critical for our understanding and our growth and our worship. And I thank you particularly at this Easter season for that reminder. Father, it is a joy to gather with your people and to celebrate and rejoice over the fact that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive, and through him we live also. Now, Father, guide us in this passage as we learn today how living day by day under the sufficiency of Christ is so important and vital to our lives. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. While Paul was imprisoned, he received a package delivered by Epaphroditus from the Philippian church. We're not sure what was in this package, but Paul saw it as a partnership in his gospel, as a support, as a love gift, and that was what prompted Paul to write this letter to the Philippian people. As we close this letter, Paul expresses his love and gratitude for the encouragement of the Philippian people and for their faithfulness in loving him. In verse 10 we read, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In this verse, once again, we see Paul's rejoicing. He has encouraged the Philippian people to rejoice in everything, and Paul rejoices in everything. He rejoices for being in prison and able to share the gospel in a unique place, and that the gospel is being spread because of his imprisonment. He encourages the Philippian people to rejoice even in the midst of their suffering and difficulty, for Christ also humbled himself and suffered for us. And now Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. There had been a time period between the opportunities that the Philippian people had in showing Paul their love and their encouragement. We don't know what caused that. Maybe it was persecution. Maybe it was suffering. Maybe they just couldn't get to Paul or didn't have a messenger. We have no way of knowing. But Paul does say, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So sometimes when we go to love someone like the Philippian people were expressing their love for Paul, the opportunity is just not there. The affection's there, but the opportunity is not. And that's what Paul mentions here. But he greatly rejoiced when Epaphroditus came with a message and with a gift from the Philippian people. But Paul very, very quickly explains some things that I think are critical for all of us to know. Look at verse 11. Not that I speak in regard of need. Paul was grateful for the gift, not because he felt like he needed their gift, because he said, 
For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, that's a very, very important spiritual lesson. Our circumstances in our Christian lives fluctuate, and it is important that we, like Paul, learn to be content wherever we are, in whatever circumstance we are. Paul says, I don't have need. Now, Paul wasn't saying that he was never hungry or that he never suffered or that he never lacked, but he recognizes that even when other people might see need, he has learned to be content. Verse 12 explains it further. I know how to be abased. That literally means to do without or to live very humbly. And I know how to abound. I know how to have or live in prosperity. Paul has done both. He's lived with, he's lived without. And so he knows how to do both of them. Not that he knows how to do both of those physically, but his attitude toward being abased and his attitude toward being abound is rejoicing in the Lord and being content with whatever God supplies. Paul recognizes it is God who is in charge of what we receive, what we get, what we have. God is sovereign. He is king over all. He is providential over all. And Paul has learned to trust in the Lord, whether he is with or without. He says, everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. We need to be aware that this is a faith-based response to circumstances in our lives. It's not a physical response to circumstances in our lives, or even a perfectly emotional response. Because when we have need, we are aware of our need. We are aware of our hunger. We are aware of our destitution. We are aware that we lack. And there is a certain longing. There is a certain desire innate in us that says, I don't want this circumstance to continue. But faith in the sovereignty of God requires the mature Christian to respond by saying, I trust you, Lord, and you will supply my need when you choose to. This is a critical understanding. This is the mature believer's response to circumstances in their lives that they have no way of controlling. And Paul couldn't. In prison, he would have need. Sometimes in the ministry when he was under persecution, he would have need. And he would know that. He knows that he has need because he says, I've been abased. I've abounded. I've been full. I've been empty. I've been hungry. I know how to both abound. He knows what that feels like too. And to suffer need. But notice what he says in verse 13, one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, as we look at this verse, we need to acknowledge two things. First, we need to acknowledge what it does not mean, and then we need to acknowledge what it does mean. The idea that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me does not mean that I can overcome every obstacle, I can accomplish every task, I can do everything in my life because Jesus is going to give me strength for me to do anything I want to do. That's not what this means. What it does mean in the context of this passage is this. I can endure. I can suffer. I can do with or without because my sustenance, my strength, 
doesn't come from my provisions. They come from Jesus Christ. I can be content while hungry because Christ strengthens me. I can be content while full because I'm not looking at the fullness. It is Christ who strengthens me. No matter what my circumstances, I look to Jesus for strength. This is not some self-motivational mantra. This is not something that says, I can do anything. The child who stand up at the plate and get a hit, you can do anything through Christ. Or go out and get a job, you can do anything through Christ. Or save or have this dream. No, that's not what this is talking about at all. This is talking about enduring the circumstances that the sovereign God puts us in. That can be loss. That can be gain. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the gain in a relationship. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In other words, it is Jesus who is our strength. It is not Jesus who is our lucky rabbit's foot that helps us do everything we want to do. He's our strength. He's our provision. He is the one who provides for us that which we need emotionally, spiritually, mentally, even physically when we lack. He's also the one that gives balance to when we have. This is critical to us. We need to comprehend what it is to be content, because to be content is not to complain, not to grumble, not to murmur. Be satisfied. Be content with whatever God gives you, whether it's your position in life, your authority in life, your relationships in life, your material possessions. Be content. This is not saying be lazy. This is not saying be apathetic. This is saying live life fully as a mature believer and trust in Jesus. Be content with what he provides. And sometimes you will abound, and sometimes you will be abased. You will do without. This is the truth that Paul is expressing in the midst of his gratitude to the Philippian people. And we need to learn this truth. Father in heaven, We thank you so much for this. I need this in my life, and I'm certain many others do as well. And Paul summarizes it so clearly and so beautifully. I pray, Father, that we get it. And we don't just get it in our minds. We don't just see it with the eyes of our heart, but we embrace it as a truth for our life. We pursue this type of contentment that we, like Paul, can say, we have learned to be content in whatever state that we are because Christ is our strength. Help us, Father, to that place of maturity in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page, Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.